Good evening. Tonight, Israel's ambassador to the UN, Gilad Serdan, has called for the resignation of the UN Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, following his speech at the meeting of the UN Security Council in New York. Guterres, whose call for a humanitarian ceasefire, said that the October 7th attack by Hamas on Israel did not happen in a vacuum, but that the Palestinian people have been subjected to 56 years of suffocating occupation. He also said that the grievances of the Palestinian people cannot justify the appalling attacks by Hamas. And those appalling attacks cannot justify the collective punishment of the Palestinian people. The Palestinians are divided by Israeli land, walls and fences. Three million Palestinians who live in the occupied West Bank live with something that looks more like a functional government. It has ministries, ambassadors posted throughout the world and secular politics. But the Palestinian Authority hasn't held elections for more than 15 years. And the PA also seems unable to stop the increasing encroachment of Israeli settlements into Palestinian land in the West Bank, regarded as illegal in international law, though disputed by Israel. And so there's a collapse of faith in the nearest thing the Palestinians have to a legitimate state, and with it a collapse of faith in a diplomatic solution to the conflict with Israel. So what next for the PA? Enter Prime Minister Mohammed Shatay, a likely to succeed President Abbas, an economist and moderate. He's a strong supporter of the two-state solution. But now, since the Israel-Gaza war broke out and there have been deaths in the West Bank as well as Gaza, he is also in the midst of the crisis. Amir sat down with the Prime Minister earlier today in Ramallah. I call for immediate ceasefire and uh, I call for immediate cessation of all what is happening in Gaza and uh, an immediate opening of uh, safe passages for uh, international aid to get in and so that we will be also able to treat the injured. There are more than 15,000 Palestinians injured who are waiting uh, for treatment. No food supplies, no electricity supplies, no water supplies. So the situation is extremely catastrophic. And that uh, continuation of this Israeli bombardment will obviously cause more lives to be lost. Clearly for a ceasefire to happen, Israel needs some kind of victory, such as the release of all hostages. Do you call for the release of all hostages? Look, the issue is not about victory. Israel is now in the mood of revenge. So if Israel is in the mood of uh, achieving victory, it's not going to get any victory. Killing innocent people does not really lead to a victory. Israel, if Israel needs to be victorious, they have to sit down with the Palestinians and put together a political track so this does not repeat itself. By all means, I would like to see hostages going home every hostage, every prisoner, and that this only can come through a peaceful negotiation, a peaceful measure, a peaceful solution that will put an end to all these sufferings. Presumably in the same breath as you would say, indiscriminate violence, the killing of civilians is wrong, you would also say the same about the October the 7th attack in the south of Israel by Hamas. I told you, we should not re really look at October 7th only. There, what about the West Bank? 92 Palestinian lives have been lost and 92 Palestinians have been killed by settlers, by the army, and Palestinians here in the West Bank didn't initiate anything. 
all Palestinians are under attack. If we look at October 7th as a starting point, then we miss seeing the picture, then we miss seeing the macro picture. We, we lose the context, yes, but the incidents on their own are also important. And just as we, you know, the world condemns the killing of civilians in the Gaza Strip, doesn't the world also condemn, don't you also condemn the, killing, the killings of Israeli civilians? I have seen, of course, international leaders queuing to support Israel. I, I, I saw very few of them condemning the killing of innocent people in Gaza. So therefore, look, my dear friend, by all means, who wants to see innocent people killed? I'm sure nobody does. So therefore, in the same way that we want to save the lives of our kids, our children, our women, our, elder, our elderly, we want to save the lives of everybody. So. I don't see the event as an isolated event. I see things in totality. The issue is a Palestinian people. The issue is Palestinian cause. The issue is the sufferings of the Palestinian people. And I just do wonder if you recognize that what happened, the Hamas attack, is not only a tragedy for Israelis, but it's a tragedy for the Palestinian cause as well, because it's in the outside world, it's shifted how people regard the Palestinian cause. It's not, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I have seen demonstrations in the streets of London, in the streets of uh, Berlin, in the streets of Paris, in Washington, Chicago, everywhere. People are fed up with this situation. People, they want an end to this miserable situation. I know, of course, two wrongs don't make a virtue. But the situation is, what is the virtue? The virtue is actually that we reach a solution. That is the most important thing. I'd like to just go back to last week and the terrible explosion blast at the Al-Ahli Hospital in Gaza. The US, Israel, some media organizations have said they believe that, or you know, they have proof that it was um, a misfired Palestinian rocket. Others feel differently. I wonder, do you feel like you have a duty to say to your people, let's wait to understand the facts and you know, let's, let's listen to what the truth might be about that particular blast. We know what the truth is. Islamic Jihad does not have the technical capacity in one single missile to kill 500 people. That is not the case. Only Israel that has the military capabilities to do that. And if you want to buy the story of the other side of the Israelis, look, Israel has been spreading so many lies. I am not defending any situation. I am saying that we have to get facts right. I am saying that we have to avoid uh, fake news. There's, well, there's, there's look, different opinions and that suggests that, you know, as a Palestinian authority, as a, as a leadership, you have to say, we don't know, we, you know, that rage, we must listen. You we want must to have tell a clear, me, you want to tell me what to say? You want to, you are suggesting to me an answer? I'm not going to answer the way you want, my dear friend. I am not defending any situation. I am saying that we have to get facts right. It's not, this sort of creating uncertainty about who did it is just simply not to allow people to reach the truth. The truth is that Israel did it. Is it revealing a crisis in the political leadership here because it is encouraging people towards more violence? You can't completely protect the, the safety of your civilians. You know, we haven't had elections in the West Bank in 16 years. This is a crisis. The question is, how do you get out of the crisis? <clears throat> there is an opportunity today that while Israel is also in a crisis and that we are in difficult times, 
that there is a need to sit down and end the conflict. So out of this crisis, one has to make an opportunity. And I think there is an opportunity. The problem is that there is no leadership on the side of the Israelis who are ready to sit down with us and settle the account and settle the problem and end of occupation and give the Palestinians their rights. My dear friend, the Palestinians have been in struggle. The Palestinians have been fighting in every means and ways for the last 100 years. It is time for these people to enjoy their right. It is time for these people to live with dignity. It is time for these people to live in a sovereign, viable, contiguous state of Palestine on the borders of 67 with Jerusalem as its capital and the right of refugees to go back to their homes. Otherwise, the conflict will continue. The Palestinians are not going to surrender. If Hamas was brought down in Gaza, would the Palestinian Authority accept the invitation to try and form some form of government there? We're not waiting for an invitation by anybody. The Palestinian Authority, Palestinian leadership will not go to Gaza on an Israeli military tank. To your audience, the Palestinians live under military occupation. That should end. And therefore, any solution, any thinking of the day after does not solve the Gaza problem alone, does not solve the West Bank problem alone. It has to solve the Palestinian problem. The Palestinian Prime Minister will join me now from Tel Aviv is Alon Levy, the spokesperson for the Israeli government. Thank you very much for joining us. If I can just uh, find out from you, what is the position tonight about the ground offensive? Are we close to it? Are we not close to it? What's happening? Uh, thank you for having me on the show, Kirsty. First, before I answer that, I would like to respond and say I was truly appalled to listen to that interview with the Palestinian Prime Minister. Now, he was questioned three times, pressed no fewer than three times by your reporter, whether he would condemn the October 7th massacre, the worst terror attack in world history since 9-11, brutally murdered 1,400 people, and three times he refused to condemn that attack. In fact, he said that the Palestinian struggle against Israel has been going on for 100 years, 25 years before the State of Israel. Israel was even established and long before the 67. 56, I think 56 years was the what, what was the uh, said, number of years that were 100 he said 100 years he so, said 100 years but but I'm going to go on and ask you a little bit later uh, about whether or not there's going to be a position where anyone will sit down with each other future but I just want to get up to speed on what is happening now why is there a hold up in the ground invasion Israel is united now around a single goal and that goal is total victory against Hamas in response to the October 7th massacre. Now, when the next stage of the Israeli operation is going to continue, I'm not going to speculate on the movement of the troops. That's going to happen in accordance with our operational needs. But the response to the October 7th massacre, that brutal murder of 1,400 people, whole families burned in their homes, children who are cuffed, families that were shot dead, tortured, mutilated. The response is going to be the, the total defeat of the terror organization that conducted that. But I what wonder if, I wonder if the hostages, 7th. I wonder if the hostages are a factor or not, because when we have done interviews, it seems that, that when the ground invasion starts, if the hostages are there, so be it, they may lose their lives. Is that true? Israeli society at the moment is sick with worry about the fate of the hostages, over 220 innocent men, women, children who are being held hostage by Hamas. One of them is Ohad. This is Ohad. He's nine years old. Yesterday was his ninth birthday. He's the hostage of Hamas. Two weeks ago, he was visiting his grandparents on the kibbutz of Ne'oz, 
when Hamas death squads invaded in the morning. They brutally murdered his uncle, and they took him together with his grandparents, Avraham and Ruti, both aged 78, and with his mother, Karen, into captivity as hostages into the Gaza yeah. Strip. But Here you he must... is with his parents. His father, Avi, is sick with worry. He doesn't know whether Hamas stole his son's glasses, whether he saw dead bodies. He says he's taking sleeping pills every night to try to sleep, and he wakes up in the morning and he feels guilty that he wasn't thinking about <laughs> them this at is, night. This, this is, it, it is the most terrible conflict. And you, you highlighted the plight of that little boy. But the truth, and there is no excuse. But the and truth is, is, but no the truth is that no matter what, children everywhere are suffering. Children are suffering in Gaza as well. This is, this is, this is a, a terrible situation where... I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, And, and you, would, you would accept, can I, just, can I just ask you this, that you would accept that the children in Gaza who have died and have been wounded by the Israelis' airstrikes did not deserve to die. You accept Kirstie, that? The humanitarian suffering that we're seeing in response to Hamas's decision to declare war against Israel on October 7th is truly heartbreaking. And I wish we weren't in this situation and no one were getting hurt. This isn't a war that Israel started. It's not a war that Israel wanted. It's not a war that Israel even expected. But we what, were all but caught the, off guard but, but what and happens? Surprised. But what happens is there was no aid in today. Now, that affects children as well. You need to put fuel in so that the aquifers can provide fresh water. Water is a human right. So, how, all, a, so therefore, how does it how does it help your cause to make sure that children don't get the medicine? Never mind adults, but ordinary Palestinians, that children don't get the medicine they need, that children don't get food, that children don't get water. Is that any way, in a sense, to conduct this conflict? So let's set the record straight. First of all, aid is entering the Gaza Strip through the border with Egypt. Not we, today. There was a consignment of trucks, and we're hopeful that will continue. But since you mentioned fuel, it's important to know that. Hamas holds 500,000 litres of fuel in the Gaza Strip right now. I don't know whether that includes the 24,000 litres of fuel that it stole from UNRWA, from the United Nations, just a few days ago. But there is plenty of fuel in the Gaza Strip. The problem, of course, is that the terror regime that controls the Gaza Strip, that conducted the October 7th massacre, is choosing to hog that fuel is, in order to conduct, what, very briefly, in order to continue its war against Israel. Sorry, the sorry, was so... We're the so short of time. plenty of it. We're very short of time. I want to ask you one very uh, short, actually, final question. What the Palestinian Prime Minister said was that there's no leadership in Israel ready to sit down. Is there a chance of peace and peace talks between the Palestinians and the Israelis? Kirsty, I very much hope that one day we will be able to have peace in this land. But for now, we have to destroy Hamas. We have to defeat the terror organization that perpetrated the October 7th massacre because Israel cannot go back to the conditions on the 6th of October, on the 7th of October. That cannot happen. That would leave Hamas free to butcher and behead and burn Th again. Thank you there very much. no way Israel can afford that. Thank, thank you, Thank you Kirstie. very much.